there, this is Jen Wade, part of the core team here at Springs Church. We just want to say thank you so much for joining us and listening to our podcast. We are praying that it encourages you and it inspires you. And if you'd like to find out more about Springs Church, please visit our website, springschurch.co.uk. Here's today's message. Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning. You doing well? You enjoying the sunshine through the windows? We don't normally have that. It's been a long winter. <laughs> it's good. It's a good morning. So earlier this week, I've got to be honest, this week has been one of the most intense, busy weeks I can remember for a long time. You're a pastor. Like, you get it really easy. <laughs> yeah, all right, chill out. It has been a really busy week, and I'll tell you what, it's been a really good busy week. You know, there's some weeks that are busy and they're not good. Well, this week's been a good busy week. Anyone enjoy those kind of weeks? Feel fulfilled, feel like things are good. So Friday, mini springs, I won't say much about it, just amazing. I'm going to ask the guys to share later on. Um, youth, Friday night, amazing. If you're in the prayer meeting, you know that we prayed for a certain young man. There was progress with that young man. Thank you, Jesus. Hope House was buzzing. People are being served. People are warm. And they come into the place that your giving and your sacrifice facilitates. Isn't that amazing? Oh, man, do you love being part of the church family or what? Isn't it amazing? And then we come to church on a Sunday to light a campfire called the Word of God and called the Worship of God and we warm ourselves together around His presence. We are so flipping blessed. Do you know that? So earlier this week, as I said, it's been a busy week and if I'm honest, by Thursday, I didn't have a scooby-doo of what God might want me to preach this morning. <laughs> and so, uh, and then I go off and teach on a Thursday so I didn't have any time to um, prepare that day. So Friday morning, I get up and I say, Lord, what exactly do you want to say this morning? Because uh, it's on Sunday morning. Because you know, you know, Lord, I've had no time this week. And you know, Jesus, I don't know what I'm going to say. So what do you want to say? And instantly, the word boundaries came to my heart. Instantly, the word boundaries. And it wasn't a word I'd been particularly thinking about or dreaming about, but the word boundaries. And, and as, as this word boundaries came to mind, it very quickly came the memory of a scripture and it is Psalm 16, verse 6. It will come up on the screen. Um, just a short verse. It says, The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. And so I'm like, oh, this is exciting, Lord. Okay, I'm going to study into this, see what you want to say. This word, boundaries, stuck out. You know when you're reading the word or you're praying and God says something specific and it's like something just hits you right in the heart and you're like, whoa. It's just a word, but when God's on it, there's a whole lot more. And so this word, boundaries. The day before, on Thursday, I'd been chatting with um, three colleagues of mine at the school that I teach in on a Thursday morning, sorry, Thursday afternoon. And um, we were chatting about some of the crazy, crazy stuff that the, the students have been getting up uh, to in the community. And um, one of my colleagues then shared, well, actually, have you heard what happened this this week with this set of students and when they told me what had happened because obviously I miss out on everything so I'm going to in half a day a week when they told me what had happened it was one of the most sinister things that I had ever heard teenagers do to other teenagers it, it was horrific and I was 
I was gutted. And as we stood around chatting, it just felt like all of our hope for the future just kind of left the room. And, and one of the colleagues says, um, says, what on earth is going on in the world? It's like there's no boundaries anymore. And I was like, yeah, I mean, can you identify with that kind of sentiment? And then someone else says, it's like there's no basic, mora- no basic morality anymore. And I was like, wow, this is a deep conversation on a Thursday lunchtime in Rowley Regis. I began to think about how as a parent, here it comes, Joel. As a parent, and as parents, and if you've been parented, you will know the idea of boundaries. And it's healthy for parents to put boundaries in place. Not because we hate our kids and want to make their life a ministry. Uh, a ministry? No, we do. Please look. Not because we want to make their lives a, what's the word? Misery. <laughs> Preach it, church. A misery. It's because we want them to thrive. It's because we want them to live lives that are protected and, uh, and safe, but not safe and limited, but safe and good and growing. And I don't know about you parents, but in our house, we say no to too many sweets, not because we don't like our children and don't want them to have sweet treats, but because we can see a future dentist appointment where their teeth are being pulled out. That's why we put that boundary in. Hello? We say, and diabetes, that is very true. That is very true. NHS.com sitting on the fourth row. <laughs> we say you, can have, you, you can't have this much screen time. You can only have this much screen time. I don't know if you're really kind to your kids and let them watch as much as you want, but we're a little bit rough on that, and we say, right, well, you've got this time on your screens. Because, because what, what we can see is actually real life is being robbed by this little box of light that's setting off all sorts of chemicals that's keeping you addicted. And you could be outside playing with fresh air in your lungs. Swing ball. Oh, mate, how good is swing ball? Changed our lives. <laughs> we say as parents, mate, you need to be in bed by this time. Not because you're being punished, children. <laughs> but because your experience of tomorrow and its opportunities are hindered by the decisions you make tonight. We place boundaries... Because we want people to thrive. We say as parents, be careful who you hang around with. Don't you go and get mixed up in that crowd. Not because we want to diminish their freedom. Not because we want to ruin their street cred. Not because we want them to to have a a lesser uh, reputation. But because we know as parents that who we allow our children to hang around with has a direct influence on the people they will become. We love our kids. So we put boundaries. Now, can we be honest? Any other parents ever really messed up the whole boundaries thing before? And then sometimes you realize the boundaries you've put in your own kids, particularly with screen time, you've gone and blown yourself. And they're sitting there looking at you, reading a book that you've asked them to read, or playing swing ball, like you've said, go on, get outside. Right? And there you are on your screen. We mess up with boundaries sometimes. And that is why I am glad that my Father in heaven is a perfect Father who, when he sets a boundary, sticks to it. Not because he's belligerent and stubborn, but because when he speaks, it's from his very character, and he cannot speak or say or ask away from who he is. So we can be confident, church, that when our Father God speaks boundaries to us and for our lives, like any half-decent parent, Our perfect God in heaven, our perfect Father, puts boundaries in place not to inhibit, but for us to thrive.
Are we together this morning? Are you happy to step into this message today? In his word, God sets out boundaries because his heart towards us is that we would thrive. We can trust that when God sets a boundary, it's being thought through. <laughs> we can trust the boundaries that God, who is love sets, are in line with his perfect, loving, merciful character. The boundaries that he sets are not flippant ideas reacting to negative things in the moment. No, no, no. They are ancient truths that if we receive them, will determine eternal rewards. Hmm. You know, the Bible, we believe, inspired by the Holy Spirit, written down by different authors, kings, poets, paupers, disciples, apostles. The Word of God speaks to us loads of different boundaries, loads of different boundaries that God wants us to live within. There are boundaries for what comes out of our mouth. Did you know that, church? The Scriptures give us boundaries to safeguard what comes out of our mouths. There's boundaries for our relationships, boundaries for our our money, boundaries to do with alcohol, boundaries for our attitudes and boundaries for our thoughts. In this Word of God, there are loads and loads of boundaries, boundaries. And some of you this morning are only hearing the word bound, as in bound up. Why would I want to be a Christian if my life is going to be full of bounds? I don't want to live in a boundary. But as we will see, the Lord does these things to enable us. You might be sitting there this morning going, hold on Pete, I thought this was a New Testament believing, grace gospel believing church where the laws of the Old Testament and, and kind of trying to jump through religious hoops was over. Correct. We believe in the gospel of grace, not by works. You might be saying, so why are you talking to me about boundaries when the scriptures say it was for freedom that Christ God set me free? Don't you start telling me about these boundaries. Don't you start making me jump hoops. It's not about jumping hoops, church. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. It'll come up on the screen. But that scripture comes in a healthy tension with this one. Since you become a Christian, the Apostle Paul says, I have the right to do anything. I have the right to do anything. But not everything is beneficial. Okay, all right. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. What are you doing telling me about freedoms? I thought it was for freedom that Christ got uh, boundaries. I thought it was for freedom that Christ God set us free. It is. And you can do anything you want, but not anything is good. Not everything is good. Let me make this statement. It's a clever one. You can write it down if you want. Freedom without boundaries is chaos. And where there is chaos, there is fear. The opposite to freedom. Freedom without boundaries is chaos. And where there is chaos, there is fear. That's the opposite of freedom. So when we come to Jesus, when we give our lives into his hands, yes, we are free from our sin, free from shame, free from regret, free from eternal hell. And our salvation comes with a new way to live. Are you with me this morning? If we can pop, there's a picture of a field, Rich. Um, there it is. So this morning I went outside 
and um, it's about half seven this morning. And this is our next door neighbour. How blessed is that, all right? So go outside and next door to us there's this field. And in this field there are three horses. But these three horses, uh, uh, they're in a field that is, it has demarcated lines. It has boundaries, okay? Earlier in the week, this week, the horses, those cheeky wild stallions, they pushed through and broke down the boundaries. Now, as you can see, those boundaries are pretty clear, but they're not particularly strong. These horses, the three of them, they pushed through, they went through the boundaries. That's what they did. Freedom looked even more free now that the boundaries were down, and now they're running around having a right old time. But here's the problem. The reason that that bottom part of the field is cordoned off is because it's full of rabbit holes. Full of rabbit holes. And the danger to horses with rabbit holes is this. If they go galloping and catch their hooves in that, they easily snap their legs. There's a really expensive vet bill coming, a long recovery process, or even... Right? It's just the truth of the situation. <laughs> it was a tranquilizer to make it easier. <laughs> no. The point being is, these horses thought that freedom looked like breaking the boundary and getting into the next field and widening their space when the horse owner, who loves and looks after them, cordoned it off because he knew that if they go running, there is pain ahead. And then there's another bit of the field, a little bit around here, that is cordoned off because it surrounds a sycamore tree. You know sycamore tree seeds, the little windmill ones? It turns out they're poisonous to horses. And so if the horse owner had not cordoned off this area, those horses are free to go around and munch those sycamore seeds and they're going to make themselves very, very ill. An expensive vet bill, a long-term recovery, or a... Don't do it. It's amazing to me that the loving kindness of the owner of the horses would mark off places where it is not good for them to go. Could it be, church, could it be, church, that the boundaries that God puts in place for us is not because he wants to restrict our freedom, but he wants us to enjoy the freedom we do have and keep us away from the harm that is outside of those boundaries. Are you with me? Those rabbit holes were below. Those sycamore seeds came from above. I don't know if you've noticed the world recently, but there's all sorts of stuff on offer. There's all sorts of temptations to go after. There's all sorts of nonsense going on. There's all sorts of toxic ways of thinking. Could it be that God-set boundaries are put in place for us to thrive? Could that be the case? Could it be that God-given boundaries are there to help us to prosper and not to let us come to harm? For those who don't have a grasp of the loving kindness of Jesus, boundaries are just legalistic burdens. But for a heart that comes close to Jesus and says, I want to be more like you, Lord, boundaries are in fact incredible blessings. If your heart is one way, the boundary is a burden. If your heart is the Jesus way, the boundary is your route to blessing. Oh, I sound like a prosperity preacher. I'm sorry. It's just pretty clear in his word that you will prosper. <laughs> I hope you don't mind. I'm a bit of a swat or a wannabe swat. I looked into Psalm 16 because Psalm 16 verse 6 is what the Lord inspired me with. And it turns out that Psalm 16 verse 6 
is exactly in the center of the whole of Psalm 16. Psalm 16 has precisely 11 verses. And if 6 is the middle one, it means that there's 5 verses before verse 6, 5 verses after verse 6. Something really cool is about to be presented to you with Psalm 16. All right, you're about to nerd out on Scripture. Is that okay? Check this out. So let's get the whole Scripture on screen, please, Rich. Look at him, doing the tech with his twins. What a legend. Let's have a read. Before we have a read, have you seen that weird word? A what of David? A, a miktam. Not a mickey take. A miktam. This word miktam, this miktam of David, this poem, this song, a miktam is a very mysterious, um, it has a very mysterious root. We don't actually know completely what a miktam is. Some people think that a miktam is simply a particular tune that this psalm would have been sung to. Some people think that a miktam uh, was like, uh, just to be read like a poem. Some scholars have decided that a miktam actually refers to a piece of writing that isn't written on parchment that can be destroyed easily, but a piece of writing to be engraved in stone or stamped into gold. Some scholars call this Psalm 16 the golden psalm. And any time you come across a miktam of David, it's known as a golden psalm. In other words, one to be treasured, one to own, and one to never let go of. Should we read it? The golden psalm. Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or even take their name upon my lips. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. Let's read this together. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I'll carry on. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will rest secure. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Whoa. Does that sound like a golden psalm to you? Such power, such truth, such love, such compassion, such safety, such rescue. The golden psalm to be stamped in gold, some people say. Did you notice Psalm 6 right in the middle there? Sorry, Psalm 16, verse 6, right in the middle there. This psalm is written in a very special way. Very special way. In lots of ancient literature, people would adopt this method of writing. It's called chiasmus. Would anyone like to say chiasmus? Or chiastic. Chiastic. And what a chiastic structure is, or what a chiasmus is, is it's a way of writing so that words or an idea reflect and complement each other from opposite sides of the same piece of writing. Let me say it again. Chiastic structure, like this psalm, is so that words or ideas reflect one another 
from two different angles and meet in the middle. The chiastic structure, it's like it, it draws us into an excavation. The purpose of chiastic structure is to, is to reflect opposites so that we get down to the real business, so that we come to the central meaning. It's absolutely beautiful. There's a little bit of a, a diagram coming up on screen. Here it is. Okay. So what happens is this. The outer verses reflect one another and draw us to the central message. Let's look at verse 1 and verse 11 together. Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. Verse 11, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Verse 1, I'm coming to you in fear. Verse 11, but I will move forward in the path of life. You could set them alone if you want. It's kind of like two boundaries, one there and one there. I will take refuge in you and I will know how to move forward because of you. Verse 2 and verse 10, I say to the Lord, you are my Lord and apart from you I have no good thing. Verse 10, because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. I need you, Jesus. Without you I am nowhere and I'm lost. Tightening up of the boundaries. I run to you. I need to know the path of life. I recognize I'm nowhere without you. Thank you, Lord. Verse 3 and verse 9. Verse 3 says, I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Verse 9 says, Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. What's it saying? It's saying, God's got a family for you. God has a church for you. And when you're in good relationship with the people of God, your heart will be glad and your tongue will rejoice. Can you see the, can you see the boundaries narrowing, narrowing in right now? Verse 4 and verse 8. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. Verse 8. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand I will not be shaken. Two opposites drawing us into a center. I won't chase after other gods. My eyes are on God alone. Do you see what's happening here, people? There's a message of a gospel coming through here. Verse 5 and verse 7. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. Lord, everything I need is in you. I will have all the counsel I need. Can you see what's going on here? This way of writing to draw us into the central message. As we follow these lines, these boundaries come within this teaching. What we then discover is, oh, the boundary lines have fallen well for me. In pleasant places. Surely, I have a delightful inheritance. What's amazing about this psalm, this golden psalm, is it looks all like sweetness and light and roses and goodness. But David wrote this at a time of absolute strife. At the point that he wrote this, he was forced into enemy territory, running away from the king who wanted to murder him. His inheritance was over here, but he's outside of where he's meant to be. 
and in, and in danger. And yet he writes these words, the central theme, all oh, the boundary lines have fallen well for me. No, they haven't, David. So what's he doing? He's prophesying. He's saying, this is where I am right now, but I know there is a day coming where the boundary lines have fallen well for me and I will walk in the pleasant land of the promises of God. Over your life right now, you might be outside of the inheritance that God has for you. You might sense that you're outside of the blessing that you've heard is possible in Jesus. But there is something about the prophetic expectation of this psalm that teaches us that the pursuit of holiness, despite the circumstance, will result in the promises of God being experienced. Did you hear me this morning, church? It's not where I am, but it's what you are doing, Lord. I'm waiting expectantly. David doesn't sit on his hands and wait in a mood. He pursues holiness. Did he come into his inheritance? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's still on screen. Verse 1 and 11, if I was going to paraphrase. If I'm in danger and God is my refuge, I will joyfully continue in his path. Amen? Verse 2 and verse 10, paraphrased. I recognize my need of a savior. I'm nothing without you, Jesus. Only you can save me. Amen? Verse 3 and verse 9, paraphrased. If I delight in my friendships with God's people, my heart will be glad. Verse 4 and verse 8, paraphrased. If I turn away from God and put other things above him in my life, I'm just, I am going to suffer. But if I keep my eyes on the Lord, I will not be shaken. Verse 5 and verse 7, paraphrased. You are the counselor who instructs me and makes me secure. My heart is full because of you. And because of all these boundaries of faith, these decisions to chase after God first, your experience shall be the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely, I have a delightful inheritance. Did you notice the gospel is just running through that golden psalm? If your heart is without joy and hope today, make God your refuge. Recognize your need for a saviour. Only Jesus can save. There's a family of God waiting for you to be a part of. It's time to put God first and leave the suffering behind and receive the kind of peace that Ben was talking about last week. And then ask the Holy Spirit, the counsellor, to lead you from now on. Why would the Lord put the word boundaries in our meeting this morning? Why would he do that? I want to encourage you that if you've pushed the boundaries and you say I'm a follower of Jesus but you've stepped into territory that is not becoming of a follower of Jesus, I want to encourage you, the good thing about boundaries is this, with God they are permanent and there is a very clear place to run back to. This word boundary, has anyone moved house recently or ever? And you see on the deeds of your house, they, they demarcate the boundary of what belongs to you. Have you ever seen that? So that you know for sure where home is. So you know for sure what your responsibility is. So that you know for sure where you can run to and no one can take away from you. 
If you have pushed the boundaries and like those cheeky wild horses, broken down and ran far from God, the boundaries are still in place and they're not exclusive. Jesus said, I am the gate. Welcome home. Wow. Lord, I choose this day to embrace the boundaries that you put in place as boundaries of love that are in fact blessing to my life. And I reject the idea that they are a burden in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that you have plans to prosper us and not to harm us. Plans to give us hope in the future. Amen. If this is your first time in church today, or you haven't been in for a while, and you're kind of like, I feel like I need to just pray something, just mark this moment as a returning to, Lord, I will follow you. I will follow you because I know you're good. I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you pray it in your heart, and you're saying, I want to, I want to put my faith in Jesus, come and say hello to me later. I want to give you one of these, absolutely free. Just a little pack that helps you in your ongoing thoughts of how to speak with God, what it means to be a Christian. All right? I'm going to pray. And you might want to amen in your heart. Lord Jesus, thank you that you love me. God, thank you that you sent Jesus to die for me on the cross. His life for mine. His blood for mine. His body for mine. Thank you, Jesus, that your death paid the ransom for my sin. And you welcome me into the boundaries of your kingdom, which is limitless and specific. I ask your Holy Spirit into my life. I am yours. Bless you. Amen. 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 Let's just invite the band in. I really do think that part of that last song, even when I don't see it, you're working. Do you remember the horse owner analogy? The horse owner knew the holes were there. I don't want you tripping over. The horse owner knew those helicopter seeds were down there and they're not good for you. The horses had no idea of the danger they could get themselves in. But the owner did. God, thank you for your protection. Thank you for your boundaries. Even when I can't see why I ought to follow that command in your word, I'm going to trust that you know where the rabbit holes and where the helicopter seeds are. Thank you, Jesus, for keeping me safe. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more of our messages, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast channel for past preachers. If you feel like you got something out of today's message, why not share it with your friends and spread the good news of Jesus? We are praying for you. We love you. So please, if you need anything at all, check out springschurch.co.uk. God bless.